Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> you can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts. Especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond in dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Good morning. It's been, I would say, well, Katie and I were talking before. Um, it's been at least five years since Katie has um, brought us one of her stories. Um, if you've been here at least that long, then you've heard her uh, interim Pastor Molly stories, which are just charming and and lovely. Um, and a few of us were able to persuade Katie to come out of retirement. Um, and so uh, she's bringing us a, uh, a, a story today. Today's scripture is from the book of Matthew, chapter 25. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked, and clothe you? When did we see you sick, or in prison, and come to you? The Lord will answer and say to them, Truly I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you have done it unto me. Good morning. It seemed like everybody in Wink had a nickname by which they were affectionately known. Frida Holzer down at the Drywell Cafe was always called Frijoles, or quite logically, Beanie. And her sons, Chilton and Crandall, were chitlins and cracklins to everybody but their mama. Some people, like Miss Easter Sunday, didn't need a nickname because their real name was so cute to begin with. The one person in Wink who hadn't picked up a moniker was a tall, willowy, blonde man who had appeared out of nowhere and was simply referred to as the Swede. The Swede God knew was the loneliest man in town. And at that very moment, he was sobbing like a baby in the last pew of St. Barnabas Catholic Church. 
It had been a terrible couple of months for the Swede, Ole, for Ole was his name. And since is Texas, we call him, just call him Odie. He had taken his small savings and traveled 8,681 kilometers from his home in Borgholm on the island of Oland in the Baltic Sea to take possession of the clean as a whistle washeteria in Wink, Texas, which he had inherited from a distant relation. The American lawyer had told Ole that Wink was quite small, but Ole had just laughed. How small could it be? Borgholm had only 3,107 inhabitants and was one of the tiniest towns in all of Sweden, and Ole had always been happy there. But Ole discovered to his horror that Borgholm was New York City compared to Wink, which was situated in a barren desert that looked like the backside of the moon. To top it all off, the cleanest of whistle washeteria was, in fact, full of roaches and spiders and rusty equipment that had worked since Elvis was the king. Ole had fallen into a tailspin and taken to wandering the streets like a wraith on All Hallows' Eve. Ole felt lost, forgotten utterly adrift. His sorrow was as cold and deep as the Baltic Sea and pooled in his heartbreaking blue eyes. But Ole's English words were few. To him, the people in Wink were as foreign as moon men, which, of course, was exactly how he seemed to them. And this day had been the worst of all days because of something that had happened at the library. I would like to get a library cart, said Ole haltingly to many blessings, who is known for her severity with outsiders. Do you have any identification? She asked, squinching up her face because she strongly suspected Ole from coming from somewhere beyond Winkler County. On she went with this brusque transaction until she handed Ole the new card that had been spit out by her machine. Excuse me, miss, said Ole timidly. There is something wrong with my name. On my last name, Alstrom, there should be a little umlaut over the O. Well, I cannot make that thing with my machine, said Minnie curtly and sashayed off into the nether stacks. Ole had never considered that by coming to America, even his name could be taken from him. Losing his umlaut felt like losing all that he had left behind in Borgholm, the rare butterflies and wild orchids, the ancient oak and hornbeam forest surrounding Haltorp Manor, the eerie beauty of the ruined castle, the haunting and mysterious iron ring forts, 
the ghosts of the Vikings whistling in the sails of his little boat as it bobbed in the calmer strait. Losing his umlaut felt to Ole like losing his very soul, and for its sake he watered the pew of St. Barbecue with his bitter Norse tears. The first to see Ole in the shadows was the bishop, who was steaming through the church on his way to better things. There is something wild in that man's eyes, he thought, and strode more quickly towards the door. The second to dash through was Beanie Holzer, who had come by to take away the dead flowers and see about the mail for Father Joe. Beanie already believed the Swede to be crazy and reflected that anyone who would hang around in an empty church all by himself was clearly so. But the third and fourth were Peapot and whatnot Pitts, who might have been twins, might not have been, but were as alike as two brothers could be. They were just little boys and didn't know that a complete stranger who was crying in broad daylight could be completely ignored. What's the matter, mister? asked Peepi. Are you all right? I have lost my umlaut, said Ole tragically and buried his face in his hands. Don't worry, said Whatnot sweetly. Me and Peepi can find anything. We'll get you another one in two shakes of a lamb's tail. And off they ran like racehorses out of the gate. There was no particular reason to be running. So when they stopped for breath, Whatnot said, Peepi, what's an umlaut? We had better ask Father Joe, said Peepi, who knew exactly where to find it. Um, <laughs> now, what? Umlaut, said Father Joe, clearly puzzled. The Swede is crying at St. Barbecue because he lost his umlaut, and we promised to get him another one, said Peepi, who was all out of breath. Father Joe had been worried about the Swede for some time and did not believe the rumors that he was a spy from Abilene. Stay here, boys he said gruffly, talking to them man to man. I need to make some calls. Now, Father Joe did not want to admit that he did not know what an umlaut was either. He figured if he called enough people, somebody would show up with the right thing. Get on over here to St. Bob Cubes right quick, he growled over the phone to one person after another. The Swede needs an umlaut, and it's an emergency. <laughs> At the library, the elderly Poltax sisters, baby, a little bit, overheard many blessings talking on the phone with Father Joe. Minnie, what is an umlaut anyway? Asked a little bit. It ain't nothing but two dots, huffed Minnie as she shot out the door. The Poltax sisters, 
who were quite deaf, each heard this in her own particular way. One by one, the parishioners of St. Barbecue's pushed through the door and shyly approached Ole with their offerings. Ole's solemn face betrayed nothing, but a storm of emotion blew up in his chest. Chickadee White proudly presented Ole with an omelet. Dr. Lo Piccolo opened a battered toolbox and pulled out a gimlet. Miss Easter Sunday, who always got things backwards, produced a bright pink loofah. Frank Jr., who was the last person you would think would have an operatic baritone voice, began to sing the Ted Day Um Laude Moose. Ted Um Laude Moose, Te Dominum Confite Mort. Just then, Beanie Holzer sailed in with her famous meatloaf. <laughs> And the poll tax sisters, who had heard many blessings say that an umlaut was nothing but two dots, and had each heard this in her own particular way, made a grand entrance with their two competing presents. Baby carrying two ducks, and little bit holding two rocks. Father Joe looked expectantly at Ole to see if anyone had got it right. <laughs> As Peepa and Little Bit and Wyatt's little hands slipped into his. Thank you, said Ole hoarsely. I did not know any of you before today, and you have brought me all of this. Well, did you get your umlaut back? Asked what not, hopefully. No said Ole, shaking his head sadly. The umlaut goes over a letter in my name, Alström. It is a special kind of letter that we have in Borkholm, where I come from. But the library lady told me that there is no umlaut here. Frank Jr.'s leathery face broke into a wide grin, and he laughed out loud. He pulled out a pen. Can I see that card? He said. He deftly drew two tiny dots above the O and handed it back to Ole. Ole's face lit up like Santa Lucia's crown, and even in the blistering heat, he shivered with joy. Peepa and White let out a whoop, and everybody clapped and cheered. So your name is Ole, said Frank Jr., suddenly embarrassed that he had never talked to this man before or even considered that he might have a name other than the Swede. <laughs> Ole nodded, clearly very pleased. We can call him Ole. Ole, Ole, like a hymn, cried Peepa. But Ole said softly, in Borkholm, I am called Strom. Like strumming a guitar, 
asked Chickadee White. I suppose so, said Strum Ostrom, smiling for the first time anybody could remember. Just so. Let's move this little party into the church hall, shall we? said Father Joe in a genial voice. I think we have some meatloaf to eat. Now tell me about these here ducks, said Strom to Baby Potax as everyone walked in together. After the sun went down and the day had gone to bed, Father Joe's curiosity got the best of him. He pulled down the TUV the TUV volume of the encyclopedia and read the umlaut signifies vowel qualities of softness, highness, brightness, lightness, and roundedness. Oh, said Father Joe to himself with a great rush of compassion. The umlaut is the sound of home. Many gifts were given to Strom Ostrom by the people of Wink, but only one gift put an umlaut over the O in his name. Would Jesus see each gift as an act of kindness done unto him? How often have you given imperfect gifts that led to greater human connection? When have you heard Jesus call you to take care of the hungry the thirsty, the unsheltered? And does the call ask for perfect gifts? Or are your imperfect gifts made perfect by the giving? Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast.